When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. Sean is here and I am here too, despite the Predators being swept out of the playoffs for the first time in franchise history, 4 nothing in terms of games to the Colorado Avalanche. And so the offseason begins. Sean, Preds I just, I, I'm just going to say this and like, you know, I... I enjoy watching the Preds play, and now that it's over, I, I've always enjoyed watching the Avalanche play as well. And it, I just want to say, number one, just a big congratulations to that franchise and that team for finding a way to beat the odds and, and to come right. with a series victory <laughs> against the Despite the, the odds. Despite all the odds. And I, I'll say, you know, I know coming into that into that series, Colorado was like, they're, people were just so down on Colorado. Like, there's no way they're going to win. Like, it's impossible. The Predators team is just too good. They mm-hmm. can't overcome the power of the Predators. But I, I'm going to say, you know, they did it. They they managed not just to win a game, but they managed to win four. And four in a row. Um, and in a commanding fashion, too. So, you know, just no one thought they could do it. No one. There you know, a lot of people no talk one... about, a lot of people talk about heroes and Heroes rise through adversity, right? That's right. And, uh, I think the Colorado Avalanche are full of true heroes, true American heroes, and, con- and yes. some heroes. They've been uh, forged in fire. Yep. Yeah. Very, very happy to see that they were able to do that. Um, I honestly I think the Avalanche. I think that they probably win the cup. That's just my my initial I, thought. <clears throat> because here's the here's, here's one reason why, and we'll talk about the series briefly here at the beginning. Um, you really don't see like t- domination from start to finish in a series like that anymore. That just does not happen. Um, series sweeps happen, but yeah. for one team to own the lead in each game for like almost the entire series, and the Preds what Preds owned a lead for what like three minutes in the game Maybe. four, yeah, somewhere yeah. a little below or a little above three, yeah, not much, and. Like you, honestly, you do not see that. You do not see a team uh, go through that. Now, obviously, the Predators had the, one of the reasons is because they lost their their best goaltender. Um, uh, but I, I I still think that the Avalanche are like they're just they're the best team in the West, and so they're going to be in the Stanley Cup final. And if I'm looking at the Eastern Conference right now, based on where things have gone, I mean, we've got a couple a couple more game sevens, I think, tonight, and then I think I don't know is. Tampa the best team? I guess Tampa's probably the best team, but I don't know. I, I feel like a Florida's maybe Florida's the best team. Yeah, I think I think Avalanche are gonna beat Florida. See, I I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty all in at the beginning of the playoffs and even even toward the end of the season on, on the Panthers being the team to beat. Um really 
surprised to see them struggle as much as they had in the in the playoffs. Yeah, already um, really kind of made me say, you know, look, I've I've always said the Avalanche are nasty and they're very dangerous, uh, but their domination of the Predators combined mm-hmm. with Florida's, you know, inability to close it out early, uh, kind of makes me think that the Avalanche are probably the team to beat now. And I, Tampa Bay, you know, they're making some noise, but they've kind of had to struggle to get past the Leafs, and that's kind of surprising to me as well. So, uh, you know, in in my opinion, which, as we all know, is worth nothing, um, <laughs> I, I feel like the Avalanche have the best chance to go. So, Yeah, the Avalanche would have to get through the Blues and either the uh, – Oilers or Flames. Battle of Alberta. That is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Okay, so uh, we are not going to break down all four games, uh, all four miserable games of that series. I want to briefly touch on game four just a se- just a little bit because that was probably the best game the Preds played, I guess, out of the four series. Um, they were outscored 21-9, to nine, so there's not a lot of good. And then after that, there has been a lot of talk this week about John Hines and about David Poyle and where the fan base is at with those two. Um, so there's really a lot to break down in terms of where the team goes from here. There's so many things that are going to happen over the next few weeks. And then uh, we'll touch on some key dates over the summer, including the draft and the free agency when those happen. Um, but before we do any of that, we've got to talk about Brymac Mechanical. Oh, Sean, it's going to start getting hot in Middle Tennessee before you know it. In fact, you probably already noticed it. It got pretty hot over the last few days. Um, So if you need to get your AC or your ductwork looked at, uh, or you just want to improve the air quality in your home, talk to the folks at Brymac Mechanical. They have three locations in Middle Tennessee and Kentucky. Their main hub is in Clarksville, commercial and residential HVAC. Ductwork to improve air quality. They they are a family-owned business. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. BrymacAndAssociates.com is the website or call them 931-572-5742. Brymac Mechanical, check them out. You're going to want to get ahead of that stuff with your air conditioning because you do not want to be stuck without air conditioning in Nashville, Tennessee over the next, oh, I don't know, four months. The long, the long summer that is Middle Tennessee summer. Check them out. Brymac Mechanical. Okay. Um, all right, let me go back for just a second to the actual game, um, game four on Monday. So if I remember correctly, the, the Predators were tied two to two at the end of second, right? Jakob Trenin had two goals, right? Yeah, he did. Jakob Trenin played great. I think Jakob Trenin played great in the series. He was tenacious. He was all mm-hmm. over the place. He's, but he's he's played that way all season. I think you just really yeah. saw it shine, you know. I, and honestly, if you look at the situations where he's he's shown, um, you know, to be really proficient, it's it's going to be on the penalty kill and on the forecheck and um, a lot Tren- of time Yaakov, on those two things. Yakov Trenin and Matthew Shane, the only two players to score more than one goal in the series, they each scored yeah. three. Um, they were both very good. Yeah. That's, that's where he shined all season long. And you, you take this series and the, the Preds spent most of it on the on the penalty kill or on the forecheck trying to get the puck back. So it makes sense to me um, that Trenton would have a big game or have a big series in that scenario. Yeah. So um, 
it's tied two to two. And then in the in the third period, the Predators come out pretty strong and then get a very nice looking goal from Philip Forsberg. And for the first time in the series, they have a lead in a game. They they lead three to two. And it was it lasted for not quite five minutes. So for Forsberg scores three to two. Bridgestone Arena is loud, and I, on it honestly, even despite the domination in the series to that point, I was like, the Predators are going to win this game. I, I just I felt like this is where the balance of of talent and 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 the the, the very small margins that are usually present in the NHL we're going to come out here because yeah. yeah. It just you just don't see sweeps that often, and and you see teams fighting so hard to get back into a series and to at least just win a game and move on to the next game. I just felt like this was going to be the moment, and then um, there was an infamous play where uh, Matthew Shane got high sticked, pretty bad actually, and he drew blood too. Um, would have been a four minute minor <laughs> if they had called it, and uh, then come, then Devin Taves comes down and scores to tie it up. So that was about five minutes later. Um, and then after that, Valerie Nishushkin, that was four minutes later, three minutes later, puts, uh, puts Colorado on top four to three. And then I was like, oh no, no, the Avalanche is definitely going to win this game now because the Predators could not, I mean, they just, they were not skilled enough. They were not ready enough to, to pour it on at the end of that game to try to go tie it up. And then Avs get an empty netter and season over. I think. I think what's hard is, you know, you, you made the comment that you really felt that, like you said, those slim margins, right. Um, the discrepancies between teams are fairly small. Most of the time that it was yeah. all going to come together. Um, but like you said, when, when you saw, I'll say this, I was sitting, I was in the arena as a fan and I was sitting behind that play. Um, which, sitting which behind play? the, the high stick, the missed oh. high stick. Um, I saw him get high stick, everybody in the crowd, hands are up, like, come on, you know, call something and to see, I mean, it wasn't just that that happened and it got ignored and play went, play went on and there was a stoppage. It was just that it happened on route to a goal. Um, And it was, it was at that moment when you have the collective outrage of the entire, the entirety of Bridgestone arena, as well as the team. And you can see that nothing's going like, 17,000 and however many people screaming and the players getting upset and John Hines being furious isn't going to shift the tide of how the officials feel or whether or not they can go back and call it. You kind of realize, um, all right, so that just happened. The Predators completely had a, you know, there's a blown call and basically got screwed over here and it led to a goal, but not just any goal, a goal that ends up putting the team in the lead. Um, that was kind of the moment where, like you said, you go from Predators are going to come out and win this game to, nope, this series is over. And it um, would, it, the, the series probably would not have gone more than five. I mean, the Predators tra- trying to go back to um, Colorado Wednesday to play. Now, yeah. who knows? May, maybe UC Soros comes back for that game five. That would have been pretty pretty incredible. But, um, yeah, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. It just would have not been a sweep. Uh, something that I think is important, by the way. I mean, I, I think getting swept is is not nothing. I mean, it, that is 
that you you remember that. Yeah, it's as much as as much as Preds fans remember sweeping the Blackhawks. You will remember when the Preds got swept by the Avalanche. It will it will be burned in your memory. Yeah, and like, and especially Alex because the Predators were heavily favored to win the series. No one picked the Avalanche. <laughs> no one. Right. Uh, I I think um, you know I, I suppose we should go ahead and jump into um, Hines and 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 Poyle that sort of whole discussion, um, and then we'll save the off season, including the Forsberg stuff, for for later for for after for the second that after the second ad. But anyways. So, you know, there's been a ton of discussion on on uh, in, in the Preds fan world and the, the Preds Twitter world about mm. Heinz and Poyle. Mm. So I published oh, – well, let's back up for a second. Adam Vingan of the, of the Athletic published literally the day that the uh, – right right as the team was – teams were shaking hands on the ice while we were in the tunnel waiting for the players to come out after the game. He had, I mean, obviously he'd already had it written – had pu- published an article that basically said it is time it, it's the the Preds ownership can no longer be silent about David Poyle. I thought it was re- it was well well deserved. It was a re- well timed and, and good good article from him because I thought it uh, it really struck struck where the conflict really is because it's it's not that David Poyle it, it's you know it's it's not a matter of of David Poyle choosing to you know. Or, the only people that can actually make anything happen are the ownership, right? Right. So that happens. And then I, I had been working on a piece that I published the next day uh, where I I basically just think it's time for the David Poyle era to end. I, I do like John Hines as a coach. I really do. I, I think he's actually pretty good. I, I, I think he could be – I think he could be great. I honestly do because of, of, of the mentality that he has, what kind of a coach he is, how does he approach – coaching professional athletes. His system, I think, is fine. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with his system at all. I, I think it, it relies on uh, a lot of his individual parts to work as individual parts. Um, I think he's got a good good thing going with his assistant coaches. Um, wouldn't be surprised if there's some changes there, by the way, but I, 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 would, I would imagine most of them return. I think Dan Lambert, I think his contract is up. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. Mm. Um, but all that's to say, I, I think that the David Paul era has, has reached a time when it needs to end. And I'm not sure if you feel the same way I, I wrote about it. Please go read what I wrote at a to z sports.com. You can also check me on Twitter. It's my pinned tweet. You can check it out, check it out there. I, I really feel like there's, it's not just about the sweep. It, it has to do with the sweep. It has to do with probably now they're going to lose Forsberg because we saw him skate around the ice. You 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 tweeted that out, the Forsberg uh, solemn goodbye kind of thing. Yeah. Um, look, there's a lot there's a lot on the ledger here that shows David Poyle's not put the team in a great position right now and not really maximized the the use of the of the talent, the use of the the cap money, the use of the draft capital, all that stuff has been pretty pretty poor over the last few years but i'm interested to hear your take i think i think i'll say this and i let me give my reasoning before i give you my answer how's that sound i don't know good 
I'm not going to give you my thesis. I'm going to give you the evidence. It's probably cool. a bad way to write a paper. But here's the thing. If, if I look at the end of the season, you know, you your article talked about the ledger and being in the red versus being in the black or credits and debits and all that, which I thought was a good way to look at it. The biggest, uh, if you really want to look at numbers, I think the biggest number coming out of the season that I would have to point to would be the $10 million of unused cap space that the Predators finished with at the end mm -hmm. of the season. That is not on anyone in the organization except for David Poyle. Yeah. And when you look at how other teams were able to go out and get just get some players that were good players, maybe not, you know, all-stars, but very good players on teams that were struggling and pry them away from those teams in exchange for some magic beans. Um, yeah, I really think, you know, and some of those guys are being difference makers in the playoffs too. And I think that when you look at the fact that there was all of this cap space and not that cap space comes into play super, super big by the trade deadline, a lot of it has more to do with, you know, uh, do you really want to get rid of somebody or, or, or draft picks? But some of these guys are had for fairly low prices. And, and to not really make a move beyond getting Jeremy Lozon, um, it just didn't say, you know, when you say, like, I like this team, um, what it sounds like to me is that you're not very confident in this team and you're not willing to invest in this team. And you're not willing mm -hmm. to say, we're going to get into the playoffs this season. Let's make a solid run through this and let's make some noise and, and bring in some dogs. You know what I mean? Bring in some guys <laughs> that can get the job done. Yeah. So I'm really glad me, you brought up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I just, for me, you know, you, you look at that and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, we didn't want to trade anybody. We, we didn't want to give anything up, but you're going to continue to put, Cunning out there, Nick Cousins out there, guys that are with the team, have been with the team, have not been huge difference makers for the team that don't shift the needle very far in the positive direction. Um, it just seems like there was a lot more that could have been done at the trade deadline to, to try to make yeah. some things happen. And it's not just this season. You look back, and that's where your article comes into play. You look back at the more recent history of transactions and i think you're going to see a lot of debits and not credits and, and yeah I, I think that the the slope is going down i mean the slope has been going down for a very long time i mean since, right. for five years now um the 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 trend is is not a good one i mean like no. now now you're getting to where even even in in the playoff series like at least they won a couple games against carolina last year right. they didn't even do that this year and all right i'm really glad you brought up the cap the spinning to the cap thing because i think that's a great point I think um, um, Chris Mason went on uh, some radio show uh, recently and talked about um, talked about that as a as a here's here's my only disagreement with with Mason on that point. Basically, Mason said the Predators were one of like ten teams to not spend to the cap, and he's right. It's like basically nine or ten teams, depending on how you qualify that. And out of those ten teams, the Predators were by far the better team. Like they had. Most results, they made the playoffs. Most the other teams that didn't do that were Buffalo, Anaheim, Detroit, Columbus, Ottawa, Seattle, New Jersey, Arizona, San Jose. That's pretty much it. Like, none of those teams made the playoffs. Philadelphia, I think, spent to the cap and they were, were out. But here's the problem the Predators did, didn't spend to the cap and were, were the better team. 
But I don't think that's necessary. That's not the, the the flex on your GM that you think it is. Why no. didn't you spin to the cap? I, I think that's a that's a credit. That's a credit to John Hines right there. Yeah, it is. Like that, that right there shows John Hines is making a lot out of what he's got, right? I mean, out of what he's been given. Um, to me, that shows that, that David Boyle has. I, I think in some ways he's been burned by his use of money in the past, and so he's just hands off and he's just being careful. And, and at that point, I think he, as a tentative GM, he's not, he's no longer going for it. And this is what I talked about. He's not setting any trends in the NHL anymore. He's following them. He's chasing, he's chasing talent rather than, than drafting it and developing it. And mm-hmm. that shows me a, a GM that has kind of lost touch in what's actually happening. I mean, um, I, I don't think you, you could say all you want about, you know, well, the team should, should tank for a while and get, uh, really high draft picks. I think it's very clear the Predators never want to do that. They don't want to be the tank team. They, they, and frankly, I don't know that they can. I don't think they want to go to a situation where for five years they need to be pretty bad and stock up draft capital because they know that they will lose some some ticket revenue. They will lose some some fan base revenue in that in that scenario. Not all of it, but they will they will lose some shine off of the fan base in, in terms of. Um, a lot of the hardcore fans are gonna. Well, the hardcore fans are gonna stay. A lot of the casual fans are gonna are gonna not mm-hmm. be interested. You know, season ticket sales are gonna be tough at that point. As in terms of, uh, oh yeah, commit to three years of awful hockey, please. At, at these prices pay. in this economy. At, at these prices in this economy, right? So I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a really good point. The Predators did not spend to the cap. They had $10 million extra to spend. They didn't do that. Could they have spent that on a scoring winger to give them some depth in the playoffs? I mean, I, I'm not going to go through all the examples, but I'm sure they could have found someone that could have provided some some extra kick uh, on the offensive side of the game in those games where they could not get anything going. Uh, or someone that could prevent them from... <laughs> not blowing the game against Arizona yeah, and you know, a better backup goalie other than David Riddick, you know, there's, there's several different options here, but um, that's a really great point for me. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I think it, I think it shows David Poyle has lost touch with what's going on with this frame, with this team. And I think it also shows that John Hines is, is a good coach. Now the problem is, if Poyle is gone, or if, if, if you're calling for the end of David Poyle, you're probably also, the, the collateral damage is John Hines is probably gone, right? I, I would I, assume so. That would be that would be unfortunate to me. And I know that that's kind of a strange take to, to, to have, that I would actually want John Hines to stick around. Most of that is because this team needs continuity in yes. the locker room. Like, right. they need a consistent voice at this point. If they, if they get rid of the GM... And they get rid of the coach and have a brand new coach come in here. Even if it's someone like Barry Trotz, who they know, that's basically a brand new locker room for him. Yeah. And there's like one, two guys, maybe only one, that's still uh, still around. It would be Ekholm, I think. Ekholm and Yossi, sorry. Did Forsberg get any time with Trotz? So Forsberg came and played one game. And then he yeah, came okay. and then that he went down. Really and then, uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to remember. 14, did he play in 13-14? I think he played like a few games in 13-14. Doesn't matter. So say three. And and also we don't know Forsberg coming back. But um so anyways, uh, I I I think that's that's where I'm at with all that. I, I hope that uh 
I hope people don't take my take as too like sky is falling. I really don't think that. I mean, I think that this team could be competitive next year if they just make some very important decisions, if they make the right decisions. I, I think they could be just fine. They've got tons of talent. I mean, they, they you give you get you give Tomasino a full year in, in the in the NHL. He's gonna he's gonna be better now. Cody Glass, I think, is going to be on the opening day roster next year and probably stick around. Yeah. Tolbinin, I don't know. I Tolbinin is a, is a black box to me. I don't know what happened with him. Can't I, I have no answers. I don't. Um, I don't either. But I, I do want to say this before we move on about that cap space because. Go ahead. Yeah. Go. go I, for it. I think what's hard for me about the cap space is, you know, you you've got to remember not you, Alex. I know you know this, but I mean, just as a fan in general, you you should be aware that the Predators spent the entire season with $10 million in space, meaning they started the season with it. Um, and I'm, you know, what, what it's a $10 million hole in the lineup is what it is. If you yeah. want to look at it. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying, well, you, you could go out and get a $10 million <laughs> player, but obviously they were trying to save that space for something um, for someone. And I, I'm going to say that it was probably Taylor Hall and I think if you look at the Taylor Hall situation, it was it was known that David Poyle wanted Taylor Hall. And it was known that he decided to not sign with the Predators because he ended up signing with the Bruins to a longer contract. Yeah. That would have reunited Taylor Hall with his old coach, whom he really seemed to like and said a lot of good things about. But it doesn't seem like Nashville was a big enough draw for him to make that happen. And so, and this is all speculation on my part, obviously. Um, I, I don't know anything, you know, behind the scenes, but when you have that situation, it, it really makes you think, okay, so if Poyle was able to draw Duchesne, but then not turn around, you know, a season or two later and draw another big name, um, that's a problem. But even beyond that, to take that $10 million in cap space that, you know, you have and will have next season, plus more because of some other changes, <sighs> We know that the Forsberg issue, because they keep saying it's it's the money, it's the money. It's not the clauses, it's not the term, but it's the money. And it's supposed to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $9 million. You know you have $6 million committed to Forsberg already. So it would only be a net change of $3 million per season. Well, you've got I mean, $10 million. The net, the net change, but like, you know... Yeah, it, it gets it gets trickier when you when you think about the fact that they have other money coming off and everything. But yeah, yes, it, 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 in terms of in terms of the increase of how much you're paying him, right? It's not that much. But you you've already clearly not picked up somebody you were planning on picking up who would have been an impact player. Go ahead and say, you know what? That's a ten million dollar mistake or a ten million dollar hole in the roster. Let's go ahead and spend three million more and shore it up a little bit. If it's um, really just money. I think we should spend more. To, we're going to talk more about Forsberg. I think we're going to okay. save that for another. Okay. I mean, not that not that it was. I mean, it's, it's relevant to bring up. I mean, I, right. I think I think it's it makes sense to to talk a lot about Forsberg. I think let's we should do a whole show on that because I, I think that yeah. there's definitely a lot of room to talk about what happened with Forsberg and also what happened in the post game uh, or not post game locker clo locker room closeout whatever the the last yeah. availability of the year. Um, some interesting comments. I think there's some interesting things from uh, from him, from other players talking about his situation too. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, that, so there's a lot to talk about with Forsberg. And then the other thing is, like, 
we're just not going to know anything until it's announced that there's a contract or it's announced on Forsberg's Instagram. Thank you, Nashville. I really loved it here. I'm going to move on. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. Right. I mean, no, or something in the players tribune. He comes out with some, we write some article. Thank you, Nashville. You're my home. Now I'm going to go to LA. Oh, <laughs> so, Lord. uh, We'll talk plenty about Forsberg uh, coming up uh, probably probably next week's show. I mean, why not? You know, let's go ahead and go ahead and start start diving Rip the into it. Off. We're actually going to talk about at the end of the show. I'm going to briefly um, catch everybody up on on our format for the summer because you know it's it's off season. It's summer. It's going to be a little different, but not that much different. Don't don't be too uh, worried. It's going to be basically you're still going to hear from us, um, and uh, we'll catch everybody up on that. Uh, I do want to go over this Twitter poll. So I put out a Twitter poll uh, on, let's see, May 12th. I think it was Thursday. And the, t- the caption was, which of these forwards would you be most surprised to see on next year's Preds team? So there are four forwards here. Forsberg, Cousins, Phil Forsberg, Nick Cousins, Luke Cunnan, and Jakob Trenin. Those are the four expiring UFAs. Uh, I'm sorry, expiring Contracts, Cunnan's a, an RFA, Cousins a UFA, obviously Forsberg UFA, Trennan is a, a RFA. So uh, I will tell you the results of that poll, what people think is the most likely player of that list to, to be gone after I talk about HelloFresh. So uh, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-proportioned, so you're not overbuying or wasting food, it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. We got our three meals um, yesterday on and conveniently in a box on our front step. All I had to do is bring it inside, hmm. put it in the fridge, put our menu cards by the stove where we always put them. We got some pasta primavera this week. We got some. Uh, we got a um, a Greek, um, like a Greek, like bowl thing. <laughs> I'd start to explain. It's like all the things that would be in a Greek pita sandwich mm-hmm. in a yeah. in a bowl, in a bowl instead. It sounds really good. It's very I like good. Greek flavors. We've had we <laughs> we've had it before. It's very good. But you can customize your favorite dishes as well. Uh, swap out a protein for another one. Or add a add a protein to a veggie meal if you want to do that. That means more choices, more variety, more meals truly tailored to you. Pick your favorites from 50 different weekly options. Skip weeks if you need to. Change your delivery date if you need to. Update your preferences all in the HelloFresh app. It's really, really great. We love it. HelloFresh.com slash PRED16 and use code PRED16 to, to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, PREDS, sorry. HelloFresh.com slash Pred16 to get 16 free meals and three free gifts. Go check it out. HelloFresh. Um, all right. So the results of the Twitter poll. You ready? Uh, yeah. I remember the, voting in it. Well, who'd you vote for? No, I want to hear what the, I want to hear the results. No, tell first. me. You got to tell me who you voted for first. I voted for Nick Cousins. Okay. The least. So. Coming in in fourth place, 2.4% of the vote. Again, this means this person is probably the most likely in the fans' eyes to return next year. The, the player that everyone thinks is, there's this guy's a lock to return to the Predators next year, is Jakob Trenin. 
everyone knows, everyone thinks he's going to return, and I agree with him. I think Yaka Trenin is 100% going to be back on this Preds team. The second place, sorry, third place actually, 16% Philip Forsberg. So people are a little bit more confident that Philip Forsberg is going to resign than you would think, than I than I would have thought. So when I put this poll out, I kind of thought Forsberg would be second. Mm. And the person that came in first place is who came in that I, is also who I thought would come in first place. Mm-hmm. In second place, I'm sorry, in second place is Luke Cunning, 26.5% of the vote. And then first place, the player that most likely is not going to be on the team next year and that everyone knows it is Nick Cousins, mm. 54.8% of the vote. Mm. So, so long, Nick Cousins. Your time in Nashville was, it existed. There were some pretty interesting moments. He had some, he had some, some, some interesting moments, but have fun wherever you're, wherever you're going to go. <laughs> you know, I think I, you're probably not going to be here. Well, you know, I think it's, I think what's more frustrating though, you know, about that poll in general is that, yeah, um, Cousins is probably gone. And, and I'd say the reason for that is less to do with performance and more to do with just the fact that you can get that just about from anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, I he would be, you know, he would be paid. He would, probably, he would probably get like $3 million and they can get yeah. probably two different players in their own organization to produce do the it. same kind of stuff for, for much less. less than $3 million. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think that's that's the reality of it. Uh, you know, they're probably going to bring Cunning back with the amount of confidence that was shown in him and given to him by John Hines. Um, it's either, you know, the organization is really very highly invested in Luke Cunning as, in, as a member of the team for a long time, um, which I don't think everyone's going to be excited about when they announce some kind of extension or, or contract, it's going to be too much or for too long. And a lot of people are going to look at recent results to uh, say bad things about it. Or it's just that he has some kind of, I don't know, photographs or, or dirt on John Hines and he's I think, using it as blackmail. I think um, Luke Cunning, I think Luke Cunning probably will be back. You're right. Um, I also think that I, I I wouldn't be surprised if his contract is pretty reasonable. He he signed a two point three million dollar contract, like a um, um he, he was at a two point three million dollar AAV and had a bad year. I think he's probably going to be looking at le- at around two million. If he you know he's an RFA, remember, so like the, the, he he might even yeah. go to arbitration. I don't know if he goes to arbitration, he's that would probably be bad for him because he's bad gonna, for him. He's yeah. probably not going to like the results of that. No. Um, so maybe he just gets out ahead of it and signs like a, tr- a cheap team, team friendly contract. But the, the, the issue is like, I don't understand where he would fit in this lineup. I mean, it seems like, it seems like he doesn't do really anything particularly well. He's just like, okay. at defense, he's, he takes bad penalties. He's like, he shoots a lot, but he's not a particularly good shooter. He's not a playmaker. He doesn't play on the power play. At least he shouldn't. Like he, I don't, I just don't know what Luke Cunning does well, other than like, just be really, really aggressive all the time and put the team on the penalty kill. So, yeah, yeah, Luke and Cunning, I, I feel like he had a better season last season that kind of 
gave some expectation that he was on an upward trend, especially being younger. Um, but that, that wasn't the result. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this cause I don't know how much time we'll spend in the future talking about Luke Cunning, but I, I do want to say this. Yeah. Get if your Luke you, Cunning takes in right now. Because I'm, I'm going to get them in right now while they're hot, while they're spicy, while they're relevant, because I'm not sure they will be in the future, but here's the thing. What was interesting was that we saw John Hines continue to to start Luke Cousins and, and Luke Cousins. Good God, Luke Cousins. <laughs> that would have that'd be an experience right there. Um, Nick Cunning, Luke Cousins. <laughs> I, honestly, Cunnin. I I could forget. I could I could forget. Several years from now, I could probably think back on this whole series of games with them and be like, "Yeah, it might as well have been the same player." I mean, they, they well, were pretty ineffective. Um, I, I don't know. I think Cousins uh, was a little more effective at, at drawing penalties, but um, that's you true. know, but that's not necessarily a reason to keep somebody around. Um, but here's what I'll say about Luke Cunning after playing in every single game this season, when John Hines was finally asked, you know, what's what's the deal? All of the reasons he gave for continuing to play Cunning night in and night out and to put him on the roster and to put him out there on the ice, everything he said was, was, it had to do with, you know, there's a lot of pressure. He's a young guy. He's playing on, you know, in the top six, you know, this, this is what you'd expect from a guy that that's this young. Um, and it's just interesting that you have players on the team, like Philip Tomasino, even Ellie Tolvanen, um, Yakov Trenin, uh, Tanner Janot that are also young guys playing in the bottom six night in and night out and are not being given the same excuses um, for poor performance. Not that they're not even that those guys are performing badly. Most right. of those guys I'm talking into the mic from whispering. Yeah. Most of those guys outperformed him. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Six. Why did, why did Cody glass? I mean, look, the, I, I, the answer is probably that Cody glass and Luke Cunning are in very different stages of their development. Cody, Cody Glass's his ceiling is much higher than Luke Cunnan's, right? <clears throat> he's, yeah. he's younger. So it's like, I think, I think maybe the thinking is John Hines needs a, a sort of a front of the line grunt to do the kind of work that Luke Cunning could do right, right. now at right. the expense of, or at, at, in, in order to benefit Cody Glass down the road where he can develop all this year, I, I, looking back, I actually think the way they've handled Cody, Cody Glass has been fine. I, nah, I don't I, have a problem with Cody and, Glass, and he got all the time he did in, in, in Milwaukee, and he got playoff experience too, and he looks he looks like a much better player. I think yeah. the, the trajectory for him is much is is great, but I think what you're referring to is like Tomasino or Tolvanen, um, and I guess basically just those two, right? I mean that well, those I mean, guys. You're going to say that Luke Cunning's young and he's he's playing in a he's playing uh, you know in a in, in a really uh, what's the word I'm looking for not stressful but uh, there's situation. a lot of pressure. You're putting a young guy out there in a high pressure situation, and I'm like, you're putting a, a 20 years old boy out there on a line with McCarron and telling him to do well on the fourth line. But you're going to yeah. like, huh, we're going to sit him. We're just not getting what we need out of him. But no, no, Luke, please yeah. go out there and, and gobble up the second line and do great things for us. Yeah, at some point I'll have to dive in to see Thomas. I, I want to dive in on Tomasino's season and really see kind of what how his, how did he progress? Because I feel like at times 
uh, I don't think he knew what his role was supposed to be. It, it seemed to me on the – well, we got plenty of time to talk about more of that. But Th mm -hmm. Tomasino's role in this, in this team didn't make a lot of sense to me as, as it did to you. And I think – I think that you could see some of that. Like, was he supposed to be some sort of um, grinder? Like, was he supposed was he supposed to be a uh, gain the zone, get an offensive face off, come off the ice so the top unit could come on, or was he supposed to be some like uh, was he supposed to cre create goals for Michael McCarron? Like, I, I, did, his role didn't make a lot of sense. And he got, I mean, I think he got a little bit of, of power play time, but like, and I think at times looks pretty good, but that whole second unit on the power play was just so bad. Okay. So yeah, we've got so much time to talk about all these different players. We'll probably spend like tons of time on Forsberg. So yeah. Um, which we will, I, I will mention here in a second, exactly how much time we have. I, I didn't realize how far away we, we are really from all this stuff. It's just pretty sad. Um, so here's what's coming up. We have the NFL, NFL. We have the NHL draft, July seventh and July eighth. So like we have a month and a half until even the draft happens. Lord. <laughs> and then a week after that, we have uh, free agency starting on July thirteenth. So we have so much. We basically have two months until free agency. That's crazy. Um, we have a lot of time to fill with that. We will talk a lot about Forsberg, what's going to happen there. We'll talk about the progression of some of these young players. I want to break down the competitive rebuild thing because I, I feel like they didn't do either one of those. Mm. Um, again, a David Poyle, a knock on David Poyle's track record for this year. Um, and then the next season should start in October. So we're, we're at, at the very least, we're like five right months there. from watching, watching hockey again. And uh, yeah, so it's we have a long time to wait. And uh, you ready for it? Ready for what? The waiting? Yeah. Tom Petty once said, "The waiting is the hardest part." <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you're a if you're a big Arcade Tom Fire Petty had a whole song about waiting. <clears throat> no, wait, I'm sorry, not Arcade Fire. It was uh, Built to Spill. Built to Spill had a song about waiting. We wait. Mm. We wait for May. That's what happened. Um, well, we're going to wait for October, apparently. Yeah, we're waiting for October. It's already May. May's here, man. It's come and gone. Speaking of coming and going, one thing that is going to be going over the next few months, or few weeks, whatever. We're, so here's what we're going to do in the offseason for this show, for the On the Preds show. We are yeah. going to go to audio only for the next probably at least month. Maybe once free agency comes back, we'll go back to video then, but... Um, but bottom line is, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot less to talk about. There's a lot less to break down. We've throughout this season, we've done stuff where we've shown video clips of, of plays and interviews with players and stuff like that. We're not going to have any of that over this summer. I mean, we're not going to break down video of anything over the next two months for sure. So we are going to go to audio only. So the YouTube shows will take a pause. But the audio podcast on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this right now. Uh, will stay so like we will record these and then it'll be uploaded still on Sundays um, and you know there's probably going to be some times where we're going to take weeks off because you know we've got vacations and stuff we're, we're people too um, I know I'm going on a, at least two out of town vacations here uh, over the summer but uh, I think the it'll it'll really benefit it'll really help us kind of like 
get out the same content, but like, you know, maybe take a little bit of a breather on, on the intensity of the stuff. Because during the season, Sean and I, we want to give you the best possible quality content. And some of that, sometimes that means taking the, taking the summer to like maybe come back a little bit. And then when it ramps up in the, in October, when this new season ramps up, we're ready to go. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. And I'll just say this, if you're, if you're watching this, Number one, if you're listening to this, then you need to go straight to YouTube and bring this episode up. Number two, if you're already on YouTube watching this, you need to get a good, long look at these faces. This is the last you'll see of us for a few weeks. Yep. What you could do if you really wanted, and I'm just, I don't mean this to hurt anyone's feelings, but if you wanted to go ahead, we'll be very still for you. You can measure my forehead and see how much longer it gets between now and then. <laughs> all right, so having said all that, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at azsports.com and please also go to onthefortech.com as well and check out everything there. Follow me on Twitter at alexdarty one Follow Sean on Twitter at scsotf. And we will see everyone next week. Well, not see you, but you will hear from us next week. <laughs> <laughs>